all that money and he still wore the same set of threads the entire movie. This is Pickpocket. Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to Seen and Heard. Hi. Heard. Heard. I don't know why my pitch went up there. This is the podcast where two entertainment assistants go through the sight and sound top 100 greatest films of all time list. I'm Greg. I'm Jackie. And we're back on the sight and sound list this week for a certain filmmaker and a certain film. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that every episode? No. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, this is Robert Bresson's Pickpocket from 1959. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jackie. Hi. How are you? Good. Welcome to 2024. Thank it's, you. A, it's the second week of 2024 now. How are you feeling? <sighs> Refreshed. <laughs> do you feel different? I don't. No, I never do. Yeah. I just feel more depressed. Do you? The holidays are over. Yeah. Do you make uh, New Year's resolutions? Yes. And then I never stick to them. <laughs> I know you made a resolution last year. I did. Yeah, you did. What did I? What did I? Don't remember. You said you were going to make a movie. Oh shit! I. You know what? In all fairness, I was going to, and then I realized that I wanted to do a it's different smart. movie. You're smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jackie, before we get into Bresson, mm-hmm. Bresson, 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 uh, what have you been watching recently? I watched. I guess. Oh, I guess I watched two new things. I've been like rewatching a little bit. So I watched this film called Sybil. Have you seen it? I've heard of it. Right. So it's it's Justine Trier's feature before Anatomy of a Fall. Right. So of course, last year she had Anatomy of a Fall, which won the Palm d'Or. This film, Sybil, was nominated for the Palm d'Or. And um, it also stars Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall, who is also in Zone of Interest, which I didn't know until I watched it. Anyway, but Sybil is really, it's fun. I had a really good time with it. It has a really cool, like, movie within a movie plot. And it's very meta. And, uh, yeah, great cast. Fantastic cast. I rewatched 20th Century Women, which is so good. Mike Mills, right? Yeah, it's so good. You know what? I did not see it. I have not seen it. You should watch it. It's so, so, so sweet, but not too sweet. And just a good time. Mike Mills... He's so interesting. Like, he has such a specific language. And yeah, I just really like it. And I appreciate that he, like, sticks with it. And it's really awesome. You know, like those montages, those Mike Mills montages? They're so good. Yeah, everything I've seen of his, I've really liked. So I I need to, I've meant to see that since it came out, but I just haven't. It's so good. And then I watched Carol. Beautiful. so good what is there even to say (laughs) what is there even to say i don't know it's just such a good christmas movie and i did watch zone of interest i will withhold (laughs) most of my thoughts but two thumbs way up is all i can say yes we will have Um, our special episode coming up later this month where we run down our favorite films from 2023 yeah so look out for that it's a really different experience that's what i like to hear yeah nice what have you been watching i just have one besides this uh brayson film um (laughs) i saw poor things oh you did oh my (laughs) god i'm just i'm just so happy that 
there's still space for movies like that. I know, right? I'm obsessed. It's so good. I'm obsessed. It's so, so good. I'm, I'm obsessed with it in a way that I haven't been obsessed with a new film in like several years. I feel a similar way. Like while I was watching it, especially like the first part, I was literally just gawking at the screen. I was like, wow. Yeah. And I like I while I was watching it, I'm like, this is wow. Yes. <laughs> and I haven't had that. You're right. Me too. I won't Sorry, say. T- no, 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 not at all. I won't say too much about it because we did just mention a uh, best of episode later this month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm, maybe there's more about it then. I don't know. <laughs> but I loved it. Yeah. I adored so it. Good. I loved every minute of it. Thank God that movies like that can still I exist. Agree. And it seems to be popular. Like people are actually seeing it. And yeah. It's really funny and it's deep it's so funny and it's and deep it's just been a long time since we've had like a big in like a terry gilliam way or like jean-pierre junet like these big fantastic worlds like that are absurdist Mm -hmm. and wacky and like we haven't had one of those for a long time you're right i can't really remember the last you're right and i just loved it and of of course the performances are great and of course like it's a deep film I like oh willem defoe made me really sad it's great i loved it yeah so me too yeah poor things i'm glad you liked it <laughs> yeah yeah emma stone's incredible she is so good in, in a so way good. that like i've always liked her but there's like no offense there's like la la land emma stone where she's kind of stepping it up but at the movies kind of whatever and then there's like poor things emma stone where it's like she is fully it, it is the next level for her she's fully in this like brave actor level of like yeah. she's not afraid to get out there and do yeah. the craziest shit yeah so yeah all pr- i loved her in the movie mm-hmm. i loved everyone in the movie me but too it's so good i think it's basically a perfect film it's great <laughs> i really really loved it but you guys aren't here to hear about poor things <laughs> you're here for us to talk about a bit, the little, opposite of poor things exciting, a very a very stuffy but not movie. in a bad way <laughs> <laughs> objectively less exciting yes intentionally so yes exactly this is from 1959 robert brayson's pickpocket Pocket was released in 1959. It was written and directed by Robert Bresson. Cinematography by Léonce Henry Burrell. There's no score for the film, but the music of Jean-Baptiste Lully is featured. Pickpocket is the story of Michel, a Parisian who is convinced that some men are intellectually superior to others, and this gives them the right to take advantage of people in the form of theft. He begins to pick the pockets of people at the racetrack and on the subway. A police investigator who arrested him at the racetrack was forced to release him for lack of evidence, but he remains suspicious of Michel and talks to him at the cafes. Michel's mother dies and he befriends her next-door neighbor, Jeanne. Eventually, Michel meets a few accomplices and the three of them train together, steal together, and split their winnings. After his two accomplices are arrested, the investigator reveals that Jeanne reported a theft at Michelle's mother's apartment, 
However, his mother later canceled the report, revealing that she knew her son was a thief. Michel runs away to Italy and England and returns two years later to find Jeanne with a baby. His friend Jacques is the father, but he's out of the picture. Michel gets an honest job to support Jeanne and the child. However, he just can't scratch away his pickpocketing itch and is finally arrested at the racetrack for trying to steal from an undercover cop. In jail, he shows little signs of remorse, just frustration that he got caught. After a while, though, and with frequent visits from Jeanne, he realizes he loves her and regrets his thieving ways. The film stars Martin Lasalle as Michel, Marika Green as Jeanne, and Jean Pellegri as the chief inspector. Fun fact, Marika Green is actually Eva Green's aunt. Oh, yeah. that's cool. So this film was apparently inspired by Pick Up on South Street by Samuel Fuller. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first time that Bresson shot on the streets of Paris. And he purposefully did it in July, which is like part of the French vacation season. He wanted the train station to be crowded. And the cinematographer Burrell, who had worked with Bresson several times before, had to hide lights in trees and places that people wouldn't notice. He used the circuits of cafes and bars. Yeah, I mean, he was his cinematographer. He was a silent film cinematographer that he plucked out of retirement for, I believe, Country Priest was their first film together. Yes. He did A Man Escaped. He did this film. He did The Trial of Joan of Arc, but they had a big falling out during the shooting of The Trial of Joan of Arc, and they stopped working together after that. Oh, because that and was after he, this. Like, hate, yeah, he hates that movie. Like, the cinematographer, there was this interview I read of his, and he was just like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, which I actually like that movie. Probably because you can't eclipse the dryer film. Yeah. Not that I've seen So Bryce one Hans. of the things, one of the things, it's funny you bring that up. One of the things, one of his issues with Bresson was that the actress who plays Joan of Arc in that apparently has like really beautiful eyes and the cinematographer really wanted a shot of her like looking up to God, similar to the way that Dreyer did it. But because Dreyer did that, Brayson was like, we're not doing that. She's looking down always. And the cinematographer got pissed. You He's know, like, you're wasting this girl and I want to do this. And That's yeah. some dumb shit that Brayson would say. Like, oh, just because Dreyer did it this way, I'm going to do the exact opposite. What a little edgy boy. (laughs) There was a technical advisor for this film, a professional pickpocket. His name is Kasagi. That's his his name. He doesn't have a last name. That's just like his performing name. Uh, He went on to become a sleight of hand artist because he could no longer pickpocket after all of this publicity. He also plays the first accomplice in the movie. That's him. He's actually still, if you go to, if you go up to Reno right now, he's still doing shows with like, like he used to do shows with Ricky Jay and stuff at um, Circus Circus. Are you serious? No. (laughs) (laughs) You almost got me there. You're like, wait, how old would he have to be? Yeah. (laughs) This film was nominated for the Golden Bear at the Berlin Film Festival. Obviously, Paul Schrader is a huge fan of this film. He has an introduction to it on the Criterion channel, uh, which I highly recommend. It really gives a good insight into the movie. Um, And he plays direct homage to it in American Gigolo. Have you seen American Gigolo? Yes, and I don't like it at all. The ending is literally in jail. The woman comes to visit him. Oh, my God, it took me so long to get to you. Like, it's almost word for word. Yeah. And yeah, and then also in that little thing that Paul Schrader made for the movie, he he basically talked about how while Taxi Driver is very different from this movie, it is still also 
he watched Pickpocket and he was like, you can make a film about a man in his room and you can make it about the room. Right. So it influenced Taxi Driver and also just this like soul trying to find its place. As long as you've got that voiceover narration. around the narration, obviously. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could see this in a lot of Schrader's work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if you said sounds wrong. (laughs) One day you're going to say, actually, that sounds wrong. I'm trying to think. We've done one or two brace on films so far. Oh wait, wait, wait! I forgot. Um, oh, yeah. What number? This film is number sixty-three on the 2012 list, which is what we are working off of, and it's number one thirty-six in 2022. Kick it down. <laughs> <laughs> so on the 2012 list, yes, this is our last brace on. Right. Um. Well, we've done Balthazar. We've done A Man Escaped. <laughs> I've shown my hand. I've, I showed my hand a little early on this one. Even like I texted you while you I was watching me. it. <laughs> well, when did you see Poor Things? Was it like the same night? Was it the same day? Was it? No, it was a couple days before. I think. <laughs> okay, I'd seen this before. Oh, you have? Yeah. So this is my second time seeing this. And my history with Brayson is very hot and cold. I- <laughs> If you remember our Man Escaped episode, I really love that movie. I think that's a great movie. And although it was a long time ago, I also really remember loving Largent. Mm-hmm. Everything else, though, <laughs> listen to our Balthazar episode. I don't like that movie. I um, love Balthazar. No. And I don't like this movie. Here's the th- <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not that I dislike this. I like it more than Balthazar. Really? Even though on paper Why? I should like Balthazar more. I think my problem this is a, this is a perfectly fine movie and I even get caught up in the details of the pickpocketing and the way that he's able to create suspense from these nonverbal moments with no music playing and mm-hmm. he's good at that stuff but as I was watching this movie I just it was reinforced for me why Brayson is not a filmmaker for me and I think it really stems first and foremost from not calling his actors actors. They're called models. Brayson mm-hmm. called them models. And they were not to emote. Yeah. And they were instructed to do a scene over and over and over again until they lost all spontaneity. And it was just yeah. like, which is funny because Kubrick did a similar thing. But Kubrick's filmmaking lends itself, I think, to that kind of thing. And Kubrick's films were still like bombastic and big where I feel like Bryson is going for this very stripped down it's and it's not realism he's not going for realism no 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 but it's just like I can appreciate what Bryson was trying to do I think when the story is something like a man escaped his style is beautiful works beautifully for that subject matter like a guy escaping from prison but in this film it doesn't work for me i feel like this movie just as a whole this movie has one foot in the grave like why even exist if (laughs) if you're gonna make a movie so completely devoid of life and spontaneity why am i sitting here watching it that's what i come to and again i i don't hate this movie and i get caught up in the little scenes with the hands you know him and his hands and the feet clopping and like (laughs) i like all that stuff but the guy in this movie might as well be a piece of driftwood. Like, I'm getting nothing, and I know that's the point. But also, why the fuck do I care about this guy? Guess what? I don't. I fucking don't. So at the end of the day, I because I like my movies emotional. But here's here's the thing, too. Like, I'm a big Antonioni fan. So it's like, it's not like I need my movies to be operatic. 
But the difference is, Antonioni, like his characters might be feeling very little on screen, but it's projected. Their insides, what they're feeling on the inside is projected in the landscapes and the interiors around them. Mm -hmm. Whereas Bryson shoots his films just very matter-of-factly. Like he's just kind of capturing the action, which I get as part of the appeal. But it just, I don't give a shit. (laughs) And I think that's the problem. I don't think this is a bad movie, but I simply do not give a shit. And I think it is so scrubbed of any humanity that I just don't fucking care. So that's, I have so few notes for this movie. So it'll probably mostly be you. Um, But Um, I just don't really care about it. So that's how I feel. How about you? I Listen. It's the opposite of realism. This is the as formal as it gets. Like everything is formal in this movie. And I I didn't remember. So going into it this time, I remember liking it. But I didn't remember like how crime and punishment it is. Right. It is. It's just good. Sure. Uh, I kind of love it for that actually. Like I love that he's like, yeah, we'll talk about him later. <laughs> Can't wait for you to talk about him. <laughs> the fact that he isn't poor. Like I remember him being poor, and that's why he has to do it. But the fact that he isn't, and it's just like... It's he's an intellectual in- exercise. Exactly. Yeah. He's just a self-righteous asshole. Like, I didn't remember that, and I liked it. Like, he has to be above the law. Yes. And I like that. I've made no... I've not hidden this, uh, that I love hands, and I love hand shots. I think this is a good movie to study. Am I emotional about it? No. Not at all. But I am emotional about Balthazar. Yeah. Like, really emotional about that. Well, to that bizarre. movie's credit, there's... there's, I mean, but also, <laughs> in all fairness, it's pretty easy to get you wrapped up when you're like, you have an animal who's the center of the movie, and it's like getting abused the whole movie. So it's not necessarily <laughs> filmmaking prowess that makes people emotional for that movie. It is, but... Mm, okay. I don't know. Um, Like I said, yes, it's a good movie to study. I'm not very emotional about it. What really struck me, though, this time are were these static door shots, which I never noticed before. They're almost like Ozu-esque, and I really liked that. He wishes. Um, Well, if you read <laughs> Paul Schrader's book I know, about Schrader- transcendental... I know. He loves Ozu. He groups and them. It's yeah. about Brayson, Ozu, and uh, Dreyer are the three. Well, Dreyer and Ozu are the real deal. Yeah. I mean, I like how clean and efficient it is. I'm very impressed by the whole train station sequence. I think that's really, really cool. But yeah, this is a movie in which form is more important than function like that it's just that's what it comes down to. This is this is a practice of his theory and as yeah. that great do i think it should be on the top 100 no do you think it should be on the top 250 for the things it's inspired maybe mm. like the fact that paul schrader has built an entire book and theory about this man's work obviously the other two as well for that reason like yeah i disagree with that because i think that any film can inspire somebody to develop a theory in a book and like you can study this film though yeah but you can study lots of films i think in much more meaningful yeah. ways i don't know I, yeah i it's just so funny because like i don't hate this movie i There's just nothing to hate i that's just don't feel anything like, towards it exactly. and i know that's the point but yeah. like it's um, so laser focused in on this guy and the fact that i feel nothing for him isn't that a shortcoming of the filmmaking i mean that wasn't what he wanted you to feel though like okay so here let me let me summarize the paul schrader video a little bit obviously he gets into this whole thing of like his statement on this movie is that brayson is using film the medium of film against itself 
He's doing everything wrong. He is crushing all of your expectations. And you can listen to our Tokyo Story episode. I think that's when we first talked about transcendental film. Yeah, that was making. one of our first episodes, yeah. Um, we get into it in that episode a lot. But yes, he's depriving us of actors, of empathy, of... Like, there's no close-ups, there's no music to tell you how to feel. Oh, sometimes it's, there's... Yeah, but, like, it doesn't really tell you how to feel. It's used in, like, a unique way. Except that... Mm, actually, I'm getting unique. ahead of myself. Well, not in, like, a traditional way, let's mm, say. Yes. He withholds stuff from us. We don't see the scene of him being caught at the racetrack the first time. Uh, we don't see the mother's death. He's playing with your expectations of narrative yeah. and lingering on doors. That's like your expectations about editing. It's like, why are we still looking at this door when he's gone? And of course, this is all to make you uneasy and uncomfortable and just like, what the fuck is going on? Until the very last scene in which he has you like leaning in and then there's like a burst of emotion. Maybe you were leaning. I mean, I've seen this before. I've seen it before. <laughs> I've, I didn't lean either time. It's a burst of emotion in a movie without emotion. That's what Schrader said. Um, I think the emotion in that final scene is so fucking ham-fisted and ridiculous. Her kissing him through the bars, like, give me a break. <laughs> oh, brother. But I think that the burst of emotion at the end of Mouchette and Ohazar Balthazar is like amazing see i still need to see mouchette i know you keep telling me that i would like that one. but i feel like if you don't like balthazar you might not even like that one well, I'll give although it a it's chance. a girl being abused so maybe <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe you'll empathize a little more because yeah, it's maybe. a human but i think in those two this burst of emotion works so well in this one it's not as powerful like I guess it's, it's lame. sweet. I think it's lame as fuck. Maybe if they were a little more, like if you're going to give us the burst of emotion, and of course in Tokyo Story, like, I mean, I'm jumping back and forth. In Tokyo Story, we have um, Noriko crying, right? Yeah. Amazing. Like in this one, if maybe if they were a little more emotive. Yeah, I think work. I think Ozu is such a more he's such a generous filmmaker. As restrained yes, as Ozu it's is, it's restrained. Even the acting is restrained no, in Ozu. It's restrained, but he's not going around calling the models. They're not and like, ro they're not robots. Yes, yeah, like they're robots in this. Yeah, I um, I just can't deal with that <laughs> unless I, it's I like blame you. for a good reason, and I don't think his reason's good enough. He's just trying to subvert it. He's just trying to do everything the opposite way. This is like that episode of Seinfeld where George just decides to do everything, make every decision <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that he George wouldn't, wouldn't make. Yeah, it's like okay, but what for what to just to subvert every expectations? Like again, he's no, just some little edgy was, boy, and he wanted you to be like, oh, oh my god. Oh, Brayson, I'm falling over. Oh, my God. You have brought me to my knees, Brayson. Oh, my God. I now, the heavens have opened up. You but are imagine, such an enlightened man. Thank I, you. For I'm playing devil's advocate. Imagine the ending where they're very emotional. Imagine that. What if they both start crying? It's not enough. You, didn't, you don't think it would be enough? No. No. There's also this whole like French New Wave thing. And like, I don't know if he's technically like French New Wave, but of like Love Conquers All. A lot of New Wave mo movies end like that. Right. And um, this one is is no different. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I've never heard him lumped in with the New Wave. He's not really. But... He kind of is like their theoretical guy. You know what? 
Because he's fucking boring. That's why. And those movies aren't. <laughs> those movies have life in them. But I really, I don't know. I like his book. Have you read his book? I haven't Notes read it. Notes on the cinematograph. I don't, I don't is, respect him enough to read an entire book. But it's really book. interesting. It's not an entire book. They're literally just little sayings that he wrote down. Like, mm. it's not a full narrative. Like, Things that came to him while he was on a picnic with his wife. Oh, great. I can't wait to read that. That's not what it is. It's like um, the bee next to me is very fuzzy. Okay, but let's talk like, oh, about this like cinematography genius. a little bit. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because this is his whole thing, right? He wanted to create films that were nothing like theater and nothing like anything else, nothing like literature, purely photographs. Because no one had done that before him. Who had done it? Many people. Who? Ozu one. for one. Ozu has music. Ozu has like narratives that are very like family. Like, well, yeah. I mean, look, uh, Brayson's narratives are nothing revelatory. It's a guy fucking revelatory, but they're not as like invested as like Ozu would. We we see the important stuff, like you know. No, not not always. Remember the big thing in Tokyo Story is you don't see the big wedding. wedding. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see the wedding in any of those. Yeah. So like they're similar, but like okay. But Ozu's great. Yes, (laughs) I love Ozu. But yeah, like images. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love the newspaper. Okay. I, when we're in the subway, I really like all of those sequences. I like that zoom when he first sees the thief yeah. steal the wallet. Um, I think that that's really great. I have no problem with the look of the film. I think it there is a certain beauty in the almost workman quality of it because it is very like not showy and kind of matter of factly and... I know that takes a lot of work to get it that way. And everything's always very crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Everything's centered. Like mm-hmm. everything's, your eye is never wandering in the frame. Like you know exactly, exactly. what you're supposed to be looking at. Exactly. And that I can see. But also like, you're talking about that subway scene. Come on. He like gets right up on this guy. When he does it. Yes. <laughs> when he does it, there's no way that man wouldn't have felt that. Yes, I know. There is no way. And the, he looks hand, him in the eyes. Imagine right here on your chest. Yeah, like, your sternum. Yeah. Yes. And the guy looks him right in the eyes, too. <laughs> and they hold this awkward gaze. Like, the guy's like, I know what you're doing. And he still gets away with it. Oh, maybe he wanted like, to kiss him. I don't know. You know what? This That's where this should have gone. <laughs> yeah. The handcuff shot, for example. The very iconic scene where he's sure. like, caught. Yeah, it's fine. But let's talk. You said you you mentioned how you like like how it builds tension in certain in certain moments. Yeah. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, he's great at that, which is why I love A Man Escape so much, because he's good. He's all about these hands are telling the story in every Brayson film. And I like yeah. that. I like that. And they're, it's it, because this movie literally is a guy who's making his livelihood off of his hands. It's a very important part of the movie. It's almost like Brayson built it off of that, of like, what am I, what do I love? Hands. It's That's, like, yeah, exactly. Hands are to him what feet are to Tarantino. Oh my God, yeah. But it's like, Okay, so you got that. And the movie's all about these... That's it. That's the movie. Yeah, but the guy needs to emote a little bit (laughs) for me to fucking care. That guy is literally Driftwood. I just don't fucking care. (laughs) Driftwood. What about when he... It's very early on in the movie when he uh, unbuckles the purse at the racetrack and then immediately cuts to him like exhaling. I think that's the most emotion he shows until the very, very end. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right? I liked that moment. I love that moment. (laughs) (laughs) And then you know what else is great? Speaking of, yeah, this tension and like telling us exactly what to look at. The cinematography, which is just the movie, really. 
um, yes. is when he's in the subway and we're seeing feet and then one set of shoes turns around and it's the guy who's like, give me my wallet. Yeah. That part's great. Yeah. That part is great when they kind of stand each other off. Yes. But we don't know it. Like we're just watching feet and then these shoes turn around and we're like, Oh, that's nice. That's cool. And it's nice that it takes him a second to even decide to give him the wallet back. Like he just kind of, he freezes. Yeah. That's a nice moment. Yeah. Because you can tell there's actually something going on inside of his head (laughs) at that moment, which most of the movie you can't tell. Similar to that a little bit is like the moments where he sees something, but we can't see what it is. Right. But we're seeing him look at it, like when he's following the um, the guy who's the consultant, who's his accomplice, when he's walking down the street, and we know he's looking at something, but we don't know what he's looking at. And then he says, who are you? Right. Like, I like that. He does it again with the baby when he walks in, and he's like looking at something, and we're like, what is he looking at? And then it's a baby. Like, I like those, that tension, that kind of use of like images. Yeah. And then, yeah, like not seeing the act. So like kind of what Schrader was saying is like, you know, like when he sees that guy's watch and then later like he's all disheveled and he's like, I fell. But we didn't see him fall. We just see his like disheveled state and like he takes the watch out of his pocket. Uh huh. Like I like that. Oh, and then a really good moment of tension, which I actually really, really like is when his friend is in the room and he has his friend's coat. And the wallet is sticking out of the pocket. And the friend is talking about, he's reading that book about stealing from your friends. And you don't know, like, is he going to steal? But then immediately the next shot we see of him, the jacket is folded. So we don't even know if he stole his friend's wallet. Right. That's really good. And again, like, this is literally just a story being told with pictures. I mean, isn't every film that doesn't yeah. use a lot of dialogue? I just don't think that Brayson yeah. was as revolutionary as he seemed to think he was. Especially, this is 1959. Cinema is like 60 years old at this point. Yeah. Like, he's not doing anything that revolutionary besides not emoting. And that is revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, but it's a dumb revolution. I like how the guy is like the anti-Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Because he doesn't need to steal. Why and it, yeah. like why does he live in that hovel? It, he, he reminds doesn't. me of He doesn't need to. Farley Granger and whoever the other actor is in Rope. Have you seen Oh Hitchcock's yes, yeah, Rope? yeah, yeah. Where not to spoil the movie, although this happens in the first like five ten, five or ten minutes, but these two lovers, gay lovers, yeah. who are in the movie are kind of played off as like roommates kill a, a fellow like college classmate yeah, yeah. just Again, because it's like of crime and punishment. intellectual superiority and stuff yeah. so like, i like in this movie that that's the driving force of yeah. this like he just wants he's like why should i have to work like yeah i'm a genius and i should yeah. be able if i can master this craft of yeah. picking people's pockets then i should be able to just make a living that way yeah and clearly someone too i mean again i'm reading this into it i mean he told us that that comes over in the voiceover and then you could read stuff into it, which you're doing the work for Bryson at this point, because I don't think that much of this is actually in the film, but you could read into it that, you know, the kid had a very like, I don't know, upper middle class existence mm-hmm. and has been very just bored his whole life, mm-hmm. because why would he look like this guy if he's ever had an exciting moment in his entire life? This guy looks like he just stepped <laughs> off a fucking... The bumper cars at like I don't, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually that's the terrible. <laughs> he, he looks like he came off like I don't know, like, like he's just been sitting alone in the woods. Not sorry, not even the woods. He just he he's he feels very solitary and he feels like 
He's never done an interesting thing in his life. Yeah. Maybe he was sent to boarding school. I don't understand why. He was a good student. I don't know. But just, Je- yeah. yeah, had I nothing. Don't... Yeah, why, exactly. Why does Jen like Okay, him? and that's part of it for me. Because that moment at I the agree. end, she's kissing his face. I'm like, what has this guy, first of all, what does he have to offer you? Like, at all? <laughs> like, at all, at all. Wait, doesn't she say you're all I have? Am I imagining See, that? See, I feel like that's kind of like... It's like Bryce on like, oh, this single mother and no one likes her because she's a single mother, but our protagonist like is there. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy's a fucking wet blanket. Like this guy's not, he has nothing to offer and he never shows a moment of like tenderness to her or yeah. love and yeah. affection at all. So the fact that she's suddenly in the end, I know Bryce on wants her to have this big, this big explosion of emotion. It just comes off as rote and, uh, <laughs> It. I don't like it. In fact, the more I talk about this movie, the more I realize I like it less than That's I thought good. I did. Yeah, and like, why does he live in that hovel? But I also, yeah, I'm trying to think like what his mom's apartment is like. I guess we don't really see it that much. But I like that like we don't know that he's like embarrassed to go see his mom because he stole from her. Yeah. At the end, like you know what? You know another film too. I just realized that this is similar to um, is Five Easy Pieces. Yeah. Right? Pretending to be poor, yeah. Someone who's like bored with their ex- their sort semi privileged existence yeah. and just kind of like tries to see how the other half lives, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of aimless and wandering. And, yeah. Um, but in that film, you have Jack Nicholson. <laughs> in this film, you have Mister uh, Martin LaSalle. <laughs> Mister, but no butter on my pancakes, please, because I'm a boring bitch. <laughs> and he wears the same outfit the whole movie. Yes. And. Who journals on graph paper? That's my question. (laughs) (laughs) Who does that? Oh, good question. Another issue I have. See, that's a choice. The graph paper. Why would that be in the movie? I don't know. Is it implying that he was like. A mathematician. He's he's smart enough to own graph paper. Maybe back then it wasn't. That's true. It could be. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. But you know what is a very annoying <laughs> a moment where, yes, I look at him and I laugh at how wet blankety he is <laughs> when he calls the cab. I think it's towards the end. Do you remember it? Um, it's so funny. No. Like he like he like raises his hand like so fake. You have to and go the back cab and stops. watch it. Well, the next shot is him like entering a cab. So right. yeah. And you're like, in reality, he, he that like, was way too meek of a hail. It's so bad. It's really, really funny. Um, Mercifully, this movie is only 75 minutes long. Yeah, if it was more, I feel like it wouldn't be as acclaimed. Well, it's clearly dropping on the list. It is, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. I don't think. Almost 100 spots. <sighs> 70, I don't know. 70-ish. I don't want to beat up on this too much, but I just feel like there's no place in this time. There's in, in 2024, there's no room for a pickpocket. I just think <laughs> there's better movies and there's movies that came before it that did something very, very similar, way better, like a lot of Ozu films or Dryer, huge Dryer fan. Yeah. And I just don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? I don't know, because I'm trying not to just, like, turn this into, like, a bash session. Because, again, I do like two Bryson films. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, compl- I could not disagree with his philosophy more. Like, I just. That's fair. Like, why 
to be able to make films for a living is such a privilege. Yeah. You have to really luck into it and be talented. Like all these things, it's this perfect storm of things that has to happen for you to, to make films for a living. And you finally get that chance and you're making this? <laughs> but this guy just like walks around and has no... I, just, I, I think this film's almost an experiment. Like I see this film as almost an experiment. Yeah, but then he kept doing it his whole career. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he did. But like, but Balthazar has real emotion in it. Mm. It does. I mean that, but that one's easy because it's an animal. I wonder how like the seventies movies are. I really want to see. I want to see um, the devil probably. Well, isn't Lara Gent from the 70s? Or the 80s? That's, that's 80s. from the 80s. That's yeah, his yeah. last movie. Oh, okay. Also, another thing featured on the Criterion channel is an essay by uh, Kogonada, which is about Bresson and his doors, which I never realized until I watched that video essay. He huh. loves doors, like, a lot. So do a lot of other films. The filmmakers. opening <laughs> shot of his first film is a door being opened, and oh. the last shot of his last film is when they're taking the murderer out in L'Argent. Do you remember? Oh, yes, yes. Of the door. I do. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first person, but yeah. <laughs> uh, should we do sight and sound? Yeah, unless you got anything else for this. No, don't understand why she likes him. Um, we'll see. Okay. The taxi's really ridiculous. I don't... The I don't train, we didn't talk about the train station scene, though. Like, let's that talk about That stuff it, yeah. is good. I mean, yeah. No, it's good. great. Yes. Those are some of the best moments in the movie. Yeah. You never really said how much you like this movie. I mean, it's okay. I'm not emotional oh, about it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you gave it a heart on Letterboxd. Because I like it. Like, would I ever sit and watch it? Probably not. But I like when I'm watching it. I like what I see. I like those doorways. I love the sounds, like, a lot. Yeah, but anyone can do the sounds. Is this your least favorite brace on of the ones the you've ones seen? The ones I've seen? Yeah. Probably. But this is like his most acclaimed. No, I think Balthazar is. I feel like when you hear Brayson, the first title that comes to mind is Pickpocket. I feel like it's Balthazar. Oh, really? We should ask the listeners. What yeah. Do you, what do you think, yeah, listener? Comment comment, uh, <laughs> comment on the post. Comment on the post or just like DM us. Well, there's a thing too. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a thing where it's like oh, a Q&A. It's that's like, cool. what did you think of this episode? So people can leave comments in there. Leave it there. And you can also leave it on the Instagram post. Yay. Yeah. Well, okay. So the question is, what do you think is his most acclaimed movie? When you hear the name, Bresson, what do you think most people think of? Yeah. Or what's the first title that comes to mind for you? Yeah, but I feel like this is an, it's an objective question. Mine is Baby Geniuses too. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Babe Pig in the Big City. Uh, first of all, it's just Pig in the City, Jackie. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's not Babe Pig in the Big City. No, it's Babe Pig in the City. Oh, I thought it was Big City. <laughs> well, that's kind of a tongue twister at that point. So you think this movie is okay? I think that for what it is. What yes, is it? An experiment? Yes. That he then based his entire career off. Yeah. So he's, he was like, hmm, good enough. But I think it's the best exercise of the uh, style. No, because the other movies make me emotional. Right. This one makes me not emotional at all. Yeah. So that's how I feel. This is why I don't like Letterboxd. <laughs> this is why I hate it, actually. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see a reason for this movie still existing. 
What do you want to happen? Just kidding, I'm what you kidding. want it to be like? I'm only kidding. from no. the archive. No, How dare I, you? I, still, I don't even hate it. It's just I don't have the time of day for this movie. Okay, I then really you don't, don't have the time of day for this movie. I really don't. That's okay. Life is too short to to spend on pickpocket. Sure. You know who you remind me of right now? Who? Eli Wallach in uh, The Holiday. <laughs> Maybe it's because I just watched it last night. Wait, I forget who he is in The Holiday. He's the He's a really old, retired screenwriter who's just like really sassy and has all these ideas about movies. And oh, that's true. he like inspires Kate Winslet to be the leading lady of her own life. <laughs> He's the best, <laughs> right? Because in that movie, isn't Cameron Diaz like a trailer editor? Yes. Yeah. Everyone right. works in the industry. It's a great movie. I actually really like The Holiday. I know a lot of people give it smack, and this is so off topic. <laughs> but watching it yesterday, I was really like. I enjoy this movie every time I watch it. Nice, nice. Yeah. I think I saw it once, but I remember enjoying it enough. Yeah, I think you should rewatch because you're giving me Eli Wallach vibes. Hey, I'll take it. He's so good. I will take it. Uh, sight and sound. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So I think my favorite sight is when... Oh, first of all, another good sight that I forgot to mention is when they're sitting... It's a very famous... I feel like it's the first sight people think of when they think of the movie is when they're sitting at the cafe and there's a ride, like an amusement park ride, in the reflection of the window. So we don't even see the ride that they're oh, looking yeah. at, but we see the reflection. Uh-huh. That's a really good shot. My shot happens a little bit after. It's when he spots that guy's watch and the frame is just the watch like rising. It's so good. It's like the Very watch slowly. is a character. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, it's so good. <laughs> nice. Good one. What's yours? Mine is, again, this is just me trying to glean meaning from the movie. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So he's leaving his apartment to see Jacques and Jean, and he fingers the latch on his door, like, really smoothly. As yes. if he's, like, he's always on and practicing yeah, yeah. and stuff. Like, there's yeah. no reason for him to do it that smoothly. I know that, yeah. And so it's like, okay, that's a nice touch. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you feel about the uh, the pinball machine exercises? Perfectly fine. I my problem with it is when it cuts to the pinball machine, you don't actually get to see the part where you would use the flippers because the ball is caught up in the <laughs> top part the whole shot. Because I was waiting, and you never well, get to see it's the for reflexes. Yeah, I guess yeah. But you're not doing anything until the ball comes yeah. down to the flippers because that's the only thing you control. Yeah. So the fact that like maybe that There's again intentional one, though, where his hand moves down the machine and lands on the button. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sound. Um, I didn't write one for this. Are you serious? Yeah, because I just didn't even... I'll, I'll come up with one on the fly. What? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's nothing Hello? that stuck out. What? Shoes. I mean, yeah, it's the whole movie. I love Here, it. Here, let's do a joint one. I'll just piggyback on whichever one you say, and I'll, <laughs> but it was I'll so sign hard off to on choose that. a good shoe one, because there are so many shoe sounds, Yeah, and they're beautiful and crisp, and I love them. I'm going to go with when he's exiting the subway because you get a whole array of shoes. You get men's shoes. You get yeah. ladies' shoes. You also get the sound of the train door closing and people just scurrying <laughs> out. It's so good. I'll Here sign off on that. Let's play it. Okay. Very 
pleasing. I love shoe sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Polly. So we would normally do no! Polly. No. When I, you say normally, I know that there's it's no not review. Happening. There's no review. Um, 1959. Yeah, I don't know. I I think she she was already a professional critic by this time, but I could not find a Pauline Kael review for this. But I did find a little snippet of her on Bryson. Yes, and it's good. hard to glean her stance from this, whether she agrees with the former or the latter. But she says, while some people find Bryson's films awesomely beautiful, other people find sitting through them like taking a whipping and watching every stroke coming. <laughs> she leads me to believe she she sides with the latter. That's all she said. There's nothing else. Yeah. You're lying. There's something else. No, that's all I could find. She only has one sentence on Bresson. I mean, she might have reviewed other films, but that's the one I could find where she was just talking generally about him. <laughs> I don't know if it was taken from a review. I mean, that's all I could find online, I but it was wonder. like Pauline on Bresson and it just had this quote. I don't think it means she's with them. It's funny because I'm not on one side or the other. Because again, if I hated every one of his films, it would be a black and white closed case matter but mm-hmm. it's not i like two of them i like two mm-hmm. but maybe it's time for me to go back and rewatch Lara Gent. i don't mm-hmm. know we'll see if that one holds up i feel like it does maybe letterbox yeah let's do it okay i have a five-star review that says a boy cinephile becomes a man when he learns to love the uncharismatic doofus protagonist of this movie i pulled that for you <laughs> You don't think that's true? No, I don't. Maybe love you're him. not. A man yet. <laughs> Maybe not. I'll forever be a boy. Three and a half stars. Damn, this guy must have pickpocketed my will to live because I can't <laughs> find it anywhere. <laughs> um, this one's long. I'm just gonna pick out a few things, okay. but I like that they bring something up that I was gonna bring up earlier, so okay. I saved it for this moment. Two and a half stars. Well, I must say it's very nice of pickpocket to start off by telling us it's not a thriller. I'm slightly pissed off by that opening. It could be because I'm overtired and annoyed and possibly being oversensitive, but there's a slightly sneery tone behind it that almost smacks to me as suggesting that it would be beneath this film to be labeled as a mere thriller. It's a really odd and standoffish way to start a film. I completely agree. I think, and the review is long and they say a lot of good things in it, but I think that's kind of the point. I ultimately, that's also kind of the seed of my problem with it, too. Like, Brayson thinks he's doing something so revolutionary here and so subversive that he has to have this warning that's like, hey, FYI, it's not a thriller. Don't expect one. It's like, (laughs) man. But isn't that Samuel Fuller movie a thriller? Yeah, well, Samuel Fuller made pulpy B movies. Yeah. Not suggesting that Bryson necessarily thinks he's above it, but that's kind of the tone you get. And maybe that's like a distributor thing. I don't Maybe they, maybe they made him. Maybe yeah. they made him put that, but like, yeah, there's some, I don't know. Four stars. Pickpocket, but Michelle gets caught for saying yoink like in The Simpsons every time he pickpockets. It'd <laughs> <laughs> um, be better. I don't have any. Let me. Mm. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> let's call it there <laughs> no more breaths wasted on pickpocket my god <laughs> wow <laughs> i just can't i just cannot imagine making this film and that's why it was brace on and not me i think you need to put on an academic hat sometimes i mean look i i can appreciate the influence that this movie had even while acknowledging that 
a lot of things that he thinks he's doing kind of for the first time were already in place. When did he ever say he was doing it for the first time? Well, because you, like you were saying earlier, that this movie influenced generations of filmmakers and you can point to specific films that call back to pickpocket. So like, But he never said he was doing it for the first time. He just said, this is mm. my... You know what? That title what card at the beginning kind of suggests that. Like, guys... Get ready. This isn't your mama's thriller. Like Name another thriller like that, though, from before that time. Plenty. I don't know. M? <laughs> That's a thriller. That's you a thriller. You know what? Honestly, this is a fucking thriller. Uh, no, it's not. Because some of those scenes genuinely ratchet up some tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Know. This has been pickpocket. You know what else? I think it's also because of the fact that at the end, when they are having their emotional moment, it's because he's still monotone. Yes. Also, that's that's voiceover, right? He's not actually saying it to her. I don't remember. He's like, oh, Jean. <laughs> oh, Jean, I love you so much. Like, maybe if he showed a little in that moment. I think that's the key for me. I think if there was a little more in that moment, I would have liked this a lot more. Like, imagine a sex scene between the two of them. He's just like, Jean, oh, Jean, during the whole thing. <laughs> and they're just stone-faced. Imagine instead of, like, kissing his hand, she, this is horrible. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with that. Um, Like, something like that that really shocked me or jolted me. But if they, like, passionately kissed, maybe. Like, I don't know. Well, Brayson is not about those moments. Even though he wants these big emotional moments at the end They're that not are like unearned. That. They're like, Balthazar dying. Which is like, oh. Yeah. Which. So good. Well, I guess spoiler for that film. But. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you know there's, like, a European art house movie from the 50s about a donkey, you know the donkey's going to die Obviously. at the end. <laughs> I love Balthazar. I'm, I'm glad that you do. I'm so glad good. that you do. Yeah, well. We're done with Bresson. Yeah, we're done with Bresson for now. Unless he comes back up when we start doing the 250 or the 2022 Or unless list. he starts haunting you, which is always <laughs> oh, shit. an option. Yeah, his ears are ringing right now from beyond the grave. And he's like, who's this Greg talking all this shit? Be careful. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, next week, what are we doing? We're doing, we're taking a trip back to the silent era and we're doing the undisputed masterpiece, Fritz Long's Metropolis. So good. Baby. So come back next week for that. It's going to be loads of fun. You've seen it, right? We've both Mm -hmm. seen it. It's a staple. If you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Dear God, (laughs) watch the movie and come back next week. Yep. Because it is one of the all timers. Yes, it is. Until next week, I'm Greg. I'm Jackie. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Special thanks to the patrons at our highest tier, John Pennington and Cynthia Fordwell. Seen and Heard is an official podcast of the Arroyo Film Club. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line, you can find us on email at hello at seenandheardpod.com or on Instagram at seenandheardpod.